With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Athletic. All right, Reds, Tony Evans here with Walk On, your Liverpool podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Well, that's what Anfield can do. Liverpool woke up from the slumber, a 2-0 down, to leave us all wondering how they didn't beat the league leaders. I'm here with James Pearce and Andy Jones to ask where that draw with Arsenal leaves Liverpool. Talk about Trent's positional change, and as well as Bobby Firmino. But first, three words. Andy, three words from you, please. Oh... I had many words after um, after the game, but probably the one that I can't get out of my head hit the target because I I can't just I still can't believe that Mo Salah's had two penalties and missed the target twice consecutively. I just I don't think I've ever seen that before. James, I think I'd go for crazy, chaotic, infuriating. I'd say the Anfield effect. You know, let's see what they're saying on the walk on Facebook group. Mark Miles is saying Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, I can see that. Steve Bennett, deserve to win. Well, yeah, maybe. Jamie Underwood, Jacques the Muppets. Yeah, well, <laughs> Glyn Robinson, another Bobby Dazzler. To join our community of listeners on Facebook, just search Walk On Podcast and join the group. I think um, a little bit of fire in a game like that there's nothing wrong with it I think that shows the, the intensity and how both teams want to win I think he's obviously ran into me nudged me off the ball and you know, it's a natural reaction um, to then obviously go and do it back and um, yeah we could have got the crowd going but then we, we matched it with the, with the football and the intensity as well so it worked hand in hand and like I said the last 5-10 ten, ten minutes in the, in the first half we were, we were all over them and um, we came out and, and, and done the same second half well, that, I mean, it was an amazing moment. You know, Arsenal had the game won. Anfield was, well, quiet. And then Xhaka poked the beast. What was it, James, you were there. What was it like? That was an amazing change. <laughs> yeah, it was It was very reminiscent of the, of the home game against Arsenal last season when it was, you know, a pretty dull and uneventful contest. Liverpool struggling to, to really spark into life until... On that occasion, Arteta picked a fight with Klopp on the touchline and that fired everyone up. And yeah, on Sunday, Liverpool had uh, Granit Xhaka to thank because um, you know, I think you've got to also give Klopp's players credit for the response they produced. They certainly were given a helping hand by that moment because it, it just made it a lot more spiky and combative and confrontational and, and gave supporters someone to unite against and players to unite behind and 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 then, you know, I don't think it was any coincidence that within a couple of minutes, Liverpool had halved the deficit. And then it was like that had set the tone then for the for the second half. And um, yeah, I know that's the way Granite Xhaka plays. He, he, but it was, you know, I think it was incredibly foolish because surely, you know, if if you're if you're Arsenal at that point, you're 2-0 up, 
you know, you're, you're in complete and utter control. It was, for me, it was just complete stupidity um, to, 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 to poke the beast like he did. Yeah, I mean, let the game snooze till half time and then, you know, come out and see what happens then. Andy, I, does that explain the difference be- between the home and the away form? I think it, it definitely, you know, it's definitely part of it because, I mean, for that first 30 minutes, it felt like Liverpool, you were watching Liverpool away from home because, you know, once again, not for the first time this season, we, we watched an opposition be sharper, be quicker, be more confident, have more belief in the way they were playing. And, and Arsenal at times looked like what Liverpool have been and have done to teams in the past in that they just... They're just better than them. They're just quicker than them. And you can see, you could see in that half an hour why Arsenal have got to where they are this season because they were just a yard. I, I just felt they were the yard, half a yard quicker than Liverpool. But yeah, that you, you can see the impact, and that's why Liverpool's home record, despite this season where everything it feels like everything's gone wrong, that's why their home record is still as strong as it is. They've only lost once there, and you know it's it's one of the, one of the top two or three in the league, isn't it? So you can see the effect that that Anfield has and. Yeah, I, I don't quite understand why Arsenal decided to do that. I mean, they were starting to rile the crowd up a little bit anyway because of their, you know, I mean, you can you can have the Easter Sunday Jesus resurrection. You know, how many jokes do you want to make about that one? Um, but he's he found himself on the floor quite a few times, didn't he? And and not all of them were after a, a, a significant challenge, if you like. So I think that there was there was something starting to bubble a little bit, and there was also frustration with the performance. And then when Shaka does that. Suddenly, you know, Anfield came alive and Liverpool's players finally responded and woke up and it did wake them up out of a bit of a snooze because it did feel like they were sleepwalking to another pretty embarrassing defeat, really. The way Arsenal were going and the way they could have continued if if that theme had happened for 90 minutes. So, it, yeah, I think it's a massive thing. To, it shows how different um, it can be when that crowd gets behind you and, and can boost you on because Liverpool, when faced with adversity away from home, haven't had that today for help them respond. Well, I mean, I, I, I've said, I've said repeatedly, I've seen no team in all my experience watching Liverpool who have fed off the crowd and vice versa as much as this Klopp era. And but I thought that circuit was broken. I thought so oh, it's not working anymore. And then all of a sudden, the second half, and you know, James, the performance was when you consider Arsenal on top of the league and they played so well. The performance in the second half was. Well, in one way encouraging, and another way a bit disturbing that they can't do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, it, it felt like that coming away from Anfield late on Sunday night. Almost, you know, thinking to myself, "Well, imagine after half an hour of that game, as a Liverpool fan, someone had told you you'd end up being being gutted to only take a point. You'd have, you'd have laughed at the idea with just how second best Liverpool were in that opening half hour, and then come the end, it, it did feel a bit underwhelming because that." That stirring fight back did did deserve more. And well, Aaron, Aaron Ramsdale saved Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the save, the the, the one deflect with Salah's shot. I think took a, a little nick, didn't it? And was heading for the top corner. That you know, that was that was the, the pick of the lot in terms of Ramsdale saves. I think you know, yes, you know, he, he keeps out that one right at the death from Canate, but Canate has to take the goalie out of the equation there. I know. I know it comes at a little bit of an awkward height and probably, you know, you don't want a chance like that falling to one of your centre-arbs, but, you know, he either he either has to try and get low enough, get his head low enough to nod that in 
or or knee it in or something. You know, he tried to chest it in, didn't he, and just didn't get enough on it. And Ramsdale was able to to keep it out. And then you know, obviously the it was great defending, wasn't it? Because he took the sting out of the ball. You know, he made it easy for the keeper. Yeah, yeah I mean, just, it, he just needed to decide, didn't he, what he was going to go with, and that's what yeah, he did. That was into it in the end, didn't he? Yeah, just caught just caught in two minds and. Um, and you and you kind of think, imagine what because the, you know the noise was absolutely electric when Firmino nodded in that equaliser because you know forget you know it was, it was difficult enough not, not winning the game in the end. Imagine not getting anything from it, having produced that second half performance. And um, you know Firmino's so loved, isn't he? And you know he's going to be so missed come the summer when he's no longer there anymore. But um, you know that was that was spine tingling hearing his song. You know, sung with um, with such with such kind of passion by fifty odd thousand Liverpool fans, but it was yeah, it was just it was just agonising that they couldn't quite get over the line because um, they did deserve more. And you, but it you know it still you still come back to why why did it take going two 0 down? Why did it take Xhaka squaring up to Alexander Arnold to light that fire beneath them? You know why why was that fire not there before a ball had been kicked? Because you know the the two goals. You know are just you know slapstick really in terms of the the, the comedy of errors that that leads to to both of them in terms. I mean, and it's we've seen it so often this season, haven't we? The lack of pressure on the ball, the lack of defensive organisation and communication. And um, yes, they dug themselves out of a of a of a of a big hole against against the team that have been immense for most of this season. But you, you did have that nagging sense of. Where was that Liverpool that we saw in the last hour for for the opening half half an hour? It was the, the speed the speed of thought was what sort of stood out to me. Like everything you you watched Arsenal and they there was so much clarity in everything they did. There was so much confidence and the two goals I think show that because you know that second one is so easy. Like it's so easy for them to score. Like they, they just work it down work it down the left or you know, Liverpool's right, cross it in, free man, couple of, you know couple of yards out, just nods it in. And you're like, that, how? how? Like, how is it that easy? Why is it that easy? Um, and I, I think it. There's two sides to it. I think there is the, the Arsenal's belief and the confidence and their clarity of of what they're doing, and then Liverpool are the opposite of that. And and that's what Liverpool used to be, in terms of they were the ones who had the clear mind and knew exactly what they were doing, and they were they thought quicker than the opposition. And at the moment, and, and Arsenal were, were doing that on Sunday. Whereas Liverpool, where where the other team. You weren't quite up to speed with it, and you could see that in, and in, in that first half an hour when Liverpool got the ball and were trying to go forward, there wasn't that conviction, there wasn't that 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 clear plan of how they were going to score goals, which Arsenal did have. And and I think the first ones, you know, you get Arsenal get a little bit of luck, don't they, with it? And a couple of the bounces fall nicely for them, and, and Martinelli just about gets his toe to it. But equally, that that sort of summed it up. It was Liverpool reacting uh, and being reactive, whereas Arsenal were proactive. Yeah, um, well, talking about a lack of conviction, James, how about that penalty? Is it time to get Salah off penalties? Or do you just, like, send them to, back to Kirby and say, take 100 penalties now? It's like lines, you know. You've got 100 lines, 100 penalties. Do you know, do you know what? I, I think I probably would take him off pens now because anyone can miss a penalty. You know, if the you know, keeper... Keepers put so much, you know, homework and all the analysis work that goes into it. You know, if the, if the, you know, if the keeper guesses right, you know, sometimes you have to hold your hands up. But to miss the target as he has done two in a row, I, I just think, you know, if, if Liverpool get one at Ellen Road next Monday night, 
that's that's huge pressure on him knowing, you know, imagine if I miss three in a row. I just think maybe for now to the end of the season, I'd, I'd put Fabino on them. Fabino's record is is impressive. He, he took taken penalties previously before coming to Liverpool. Um, he certainly scored off the top of my head, must have scored at least his last three or four. I don't know if he... Is, is Fabino missed one for Liverpool? I can't think he, he has. He missed one in his first one in pre-season uh, when he oh, when he arrived. Yeah. But I'm yeah, pretty not, sure he's three... I think he's three for three in competitive games. In competitive games, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, I'd be... I don't know what you guys think, but yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd change it because I think Salah's penalty technique has always come under scrutiny, hasn't it? Because I, I don't think... whenever, Even when he was scoring penalties repeatedly you almost felt that it wasn't always convincing but of course any penalty that hits the back of the net is a good penalty but it was like the technique for that one yesterday was really odd I thought I thought he was he was just he was clearly just so trying to be so incredibly precise in terms of finding that corner you know you know he he hasn't missed it by much but it's like you know he, he had he had a fair bit of the goal to aim for and has made an absolute an absolute hash of it and I, I did feel for him because um, you know when you like, he had twenty touches inside Arsenal's penalty box on Sunday. More, you know, more than I think it's more than any opposition player has had in a in a, in a you know in, a, in an opponent's penalty box in the Premier League this season. And it's you know it, you know there was that chance first half one there where he got it he got it horribly wrong and and shanked it wide. And you know he, on another day he could easily have walked away with with the match ball that the opportunities. That came his way, and I wasn't surprised that he was the first Liverpool player down the tunnel after the final whistle because you could see he was he was raging, you know, so so angry with himself. You know, he you know no one puts any more pressure on you know most talent he does he does on himself, and he he will have known that it was a day when he he should have been Liverpool's match winner with the with the opportunities that came his way. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with James. I would I would probably take him off penalties as well for now because it, it feels like he's changed his technique, like Salah. I sort of remember he used to get criticism or there were question marks around this penalty technique because there wasn't that precision. It was more about power. I mean, you think back to the Champions League final penalty where he basically just blasted past Larice, who gets everything right in terms of dives the right way. is right there, but the ball's already passed him before he even gets to react. And his last two penalties have felt different in that he's tried to place them against Bournemouth. He tried to place the top corner. Uh, against Arsenal, he tried to place it right in the bottom corner, and it was it made it more frustrating that Ramsdale doesn't move. Like if it's on target and it's not Adam, it's in because Ramsdale just the ball's past past the goal before Ramsdale even moves, which it probably makes it even more frustrating. And I do feel for him because you know he has had such a good penalty record, but it it did seem a bit weird that because I thought after the Bournemouth one, right, he's just gonna he's just gonna smash this, make sure it's on target and smash it. And like like James said. Like sometimes you can have sympathy for a player if they miss a penalty when the keeper saves it. Sometimes they are terrible penalties, but you know sometimes you have to go fair play to the keeper for guessing right. But when you miss the target, you've only got yourself to blame really. And I, I can't remember any player really missing the target twice. You know, in in consecutive penalties, like it just seems so so rare. Um, there probably is examples of it, but certainly not that I can remember. And and that's why it was so strange. But yeah, I, I think. I would be looking at other options. The only problem is your best option is James Miller, isn't it? So 
if only we had roll on roll off subs and you could just bring him on for the pens and and take him back off. Yeah, like in American <laughs> football, like a kicker, bring him on. My <laughs> my view is give him another chance, but say, Mo, just lash it, will ya? Don't place it and certainly don't place it in the crowd. <laughs> this is Walk On, brought to you by the Athletic. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The best word I can say, but uh, we'll describe this was boom. Tony Evans here with James Pearce and Andy Jones with Walk On from The Athletic. But what about Trent? We saw the best and worst of him in many ways, didn't we? It was um, a remarkable performance for the first, what, 40 minutes. It was hide behind the couch and weep. And then the second half... He was so good, you know, especially when he got into that inside right position. And, you know, inverted full back, I believe they call it these days, James. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, Tony. That That is what they, uh, that's what they call it. Um, yeah, it was, it was fascinating watching his, his role. I know we've seen it, we've seen it before, but it felt like it was the first time in a, in a while that he was so consistently occupying those, those central areas. You know, Klopp was asked about it afterwards and, and described it as playing as like playing with a, a double six. He said when they were in possession, in terms of having, you know, almost Trent as a as a second holding midfielder with his, you know, with his passing range and his ability to to create. But yeah, I did. I felt a bit sorry for him at times because I thought I thought there were times, especially when then asked because there were so many holes in that Liverpool team first half that it felt that at, 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 there were there were moments when he didn't really seem to know where he was supposed to be and it was. You know, he was getting dragged across, but then he wasn't wide enough to really shut down Martinelli, who, you know, tormented Liverpool for, for most of that first half. But you're right, we then saw the absolute best of him in that second half. And I think I think one thing one thing you'd have to say is he, he is a brave footballer, Trent. He is in terms of in, in terms of, yeah, he, he would be the first to admit he's been nowhere near his sky high standards this season. And, you know, he's had some body blows of late with being dropped from the England squad and and then getting left out by Klopp at, at Chelsea in midweek. But during that second half, I, I really liked the fact that he kept on demanding that ball. He kept on trying to make things happen. And and yeah, I wasn't surprised that, you know, when, just when you thought it wasn't going to happen, you know, he was the man that created something out of nothing with a with a piece of individual brilliance. I mean, can you imagine can you imagine the narrative today if 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 Trent had been nutmegged like uh, like Zinchenko was? And um, and that had led to to Arsenal scoring a late equaliser. You know that was that was sensational from Trent to to have the the ability and then the vision to pick out Firmino like he did. So um, so yeah, 
it was it was another one of those days when yes of course there were there were weaknesses as well but i think he deserves a fair bit of credit for the way that he the way that he dug deep and he, he epitomized the fact that you know a liverpool team that far too often this season has folded meekly when their backs have been against the wall sunday was it was heartwarming because they didn't you know they did they did come out swinging and fight back and and trent certainly did that it, it took Liverpool a while to work out, didn't it? Because just themselves, because it it was it was a lot more deliberate than than what we've seen in the past, where he has drifted in. It was very much whenever Liverpool were taking you know goal kicks or playing out from the back, he was he was a six. You know th- there was nobody at right back really, and I thought in a sense it hindered Liverpool in that first eighty minutes because I did feel for Canate at times because he was getting the ball and he'd open his body up and there'd be no one for for ages on the right-hand side. There wasn't that easy pass like you usually would get if, if Trent was in in that type of position. And I felt it, it put a lot of responsibility on Mo Salah as well because suddenly he was having to hold the ball up in deeper positions and probably you know, get on the ball where you wouldn't want him. Um, but at Liverpool worked it out and, and as they gained more tendency and as they gained more control of the game, that's when you saw the best of what that system can bring, can bring because you had that, I guess, that more solidity you know, central in central areas, but also then you've got Trent in, in the advanced positions that we all want him to be in. So I think as the game went on, it, it made a lot more sense. I think Liverpool just struggled initially to figure out exactly how they were going to play out of the back. And Arsenal's, Arsenal's press was really impressive in that, th- in that first 30, 35 minutes in, in sort of stopping the save because it didn't feel like Trent got on the ball much at six in that first half, you know, sort of in those deeper areas to try and get on the turn and get Liverpool moving forward. And I think that's because Arsenal shut that down. And that's why Liverpool find it a little bit difficult to get out and then be able to hold the ball up. But as soon as as the game turned and Liverpool were then able to get in control themselves, that's when you saw the best of it because it was Trent on the ball with a bit of you know, that freedom um, to sort of go and just get into into good positions. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's his his clip ball, isn't it, from, from a central area that creates the Canate chance in the last minute. So, you know, you can see that when you when you get him in those areas and you can let that passing range go, I think the issue Liverpool have struggled a little bit and, and will be, you know, something they'll have to work on because we haven't seen it that much is it's harder to get him involved deeper and be able to play out around teams' presses and make sure he's still involved to progress up the pitch. Well, I mean, Andrew Fairbrass and our walk on podcast Facebook group says, after 45 minutes of getting to grips with the change in formation, the TAA position change was a quite brilliant idea and an axis where Thiago could develop into something special there. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced yet, but I think it's something that they could experiment with towards the end of the season, James, because in many ways, this still leaves Liverpool treading water and... You know, you want to win the games, but you're in no man's land. So there is the chance to work on these things. Yeah, yeah, and and I and I do think it was great to see Thiago back in the Liverpool shirt because you know the the injection of quality when he came off the bench was was immediately clear, and you know no one's ever ever really doubted him as he in terms of what he can bring to this Liverpool team. The frustration has always been that he he just misses so much football. So yeah, having Thiago back, hopefully. Keep him fit for the for the running will will certainly help. And then of course, you know, Diaz should make his comeback in that game at, at Leeds next Monday night. So so yeah, I mean it was you know in the it was funny, wasn't it? Because in the you know, in the grand scheme of things, a point was a pretty little use to Liverpool in terms of the um you know, the bigger picture of 
you know, I think top four wise, you know, you're now talking about uh, needing a miracle of Istanbul 2005 proportions to, to, to get back into that top four from where they're at now. I mean, Klopp before this run of games said it was going to be a, a decisive week and to only take two points out of nine against City, Chelsea and Arsenal. You know, it's, it's not enough, you know, it's especially with the form of the team's Above them, you know, you could, you know, Liverpool have got a, a scrap on their hands, even just to get in the Europa League. And then, you know, you've then got the dilemma of do you really want, you know, they could even find themselves in the Europa Conference. And, you know, would you rather just be out of Europe altogether if if that were to happen? So, um, so yeah, it's it doesn't do much for them in terms of in terms of the season as a whole. But it, it just felt big in terms of seeing something from Liverpool we haven't seen for a long time, which was, you know, coming back from what looked like a lost cause, which, you know, used to be the calling card for this Klopp team. So, um, yeah, promising signs of what they used to be and, and what what they need to be again in the future if, you know, if this summer rebuild is going to lead to them being back competing for trophies again. A couple of things just to talk about really briefly. Canate, we saw in many ways the best and the worst of him. You know, he gets sucked into midfield for the goal, well, sucked away, sucked out of position for the goal. But then he's fairly commanding, and then the sitter at the end. Oh, dear me, dear me. But, you know, otherwise, it was a fairly good composed performance, especially at a time when Van Dijk is far from his best, Andy. Yeah, I thought second half especially, I thought Canate was absolutely superb um, because he essentially had to deal with half of a pitch by himself at times. It it felt like there was a little bit of a switch and and suddenly he became much more aggressive, much more confident in what he was doing. And every time he stepped out, he seemed to win win the tackle or was first to the ball. And some of the tackles he put in were were superb and got the crowd going as well. Um, I think there was one on Chaka um, around the halfway line where he absolutely thunders him. It's a superb tackle cleans him out but also you know wins the ball and I just thought he, he dealt well with everything and, and was start you know timing his tackles really well when he was he was left one on one or he just made sure he was in the right positions and and that helped Liverpool because they were allowed to keep the pressure on basically Arsenal weren't weren't able very often until you know right at the end when they had a couple of breaks. Arsenal were very much penned in their own half in the second half and they didn't have loads of spells where they were, you know, dictating it themselves and, and having the ball. So I thought Canate was, was excellent and it's important because, yeah, as, as we know, Van Dijk has not been, you know, the Van Dijk of, at his best. Um, and, and you can sort of, you can look at that second goal to sort of, I guess, highlight that if you like. And it, and it sort of illustrated it because, you know, the ease of which Jesus just pulls off the back of him to, to head home was, was somewhat concerning. But yeah, when... That's what you hope that Van Dijk can just, and and now that the game schedule should ease, that you know he'll have a little bit more time to rest and hopefully you know recapture that form. And if if Canati can continue to be consistent with with that second half performance, especially, and maybe you know when he gets in the position, score, <laughs> um, you know that that looks much much better for Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, I think with Van Dijk, one of the problems is he came back from the his bad injury, his cruciate ling- ligament injury, and played 51 games last season, most of the outfield players, and then he's played 33 already this season, the third most of all the outfield players, and he's in his 30s. You can't expect him to be at the high level that we saw you know, after he arrived at the club, what, five years ago? Yeah, and, and I think you've got to throw into the mix the World Cup as well, which you know that 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 was an extra demand on on him this season in terms of in terms of everything that went with that, not just the playing time, but just 
you know, the, the pressure of of leading his country in the way he does. So, you know, that that kind of opening half hour on Sunday almost did sum up how he hasn't been the force he was, you know, the um he had, you know, for so long. This you know, he was just he almost seemed, you know, kind of it was on another level, wasn't he, to anyone else? It was just, you know, it was it was a shock to ever see Van Dyke make a mistake, and then to see to see him caught out in the way he was, and we've seen it, you know, t- too often in the last few months. And even even that booking he picked up was like you you never you never used to see Van Dyke, you know, hack someone down like that, did you? It was just you know, he was he always he was so majestic. He would he would just he would dispossess players with, you know, without, without having any need to make contact with the player. It was. Well, and the worst, the worst thing was like, he hit him with the, you know, he hit him with his leading leg and then had to come through and sweep him with the second (laughs) leg. He got him twice. I mean, that was me playing in the Kirby league on Windy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think I, I, I still, I, I, you know, people overreact. I mean, I saw, you know, stuff on social media and suddenly now it's like, Oh, Van Dyke was never, was never this, you know, you know, towering presence and one of the most, you know, greatest centre halves of the Premier League era, and it was all over the top. And now we're seeing, you know, the the, the cracks appearing and all this, and that that's absolute nonsense. Like that's, you know, that that's not rewrite history. Like Van Dyke, I, I think, has probably been the most transformative signing of of the Premier League era for Liverpool. You know, you, the argument, yeah, you know, in terms of when you think where Liverpool were at before he turned up and where what they've done since and not just the trophies won, but you know, the, the manner in which they've done it, the, you know, the, you know, and that's why it's, it's a nonsense when you see like, you know, Van Basten, you know, slagging him off for not being a leader when he was on international duty. And it's like, well, of course he's a leader. He's like, a, this is a guy that like, you know, single-handedly made, you know, didn't just transform Liverpool defensively, but made everyone around him better for so long. And, and yeah, do you know what we've seen? I think in the last six or seven months, he's not a, He's not a machine that, you know, it's, I think, you know, he said himself earlier on in the season, he probably felt he'd probably done himself a disservice by playing too much. And, the, and you know, the, and it has been probably too many demands placed on him. And that has led to a bit of a, a dive in standards. But I don't, I, I'm still not having the fact that what we're watching now is a player that's, that's completely, you know, gone over the hill and is now a, you know, a spent force in any way. I, I, I put Van Dyke. You know, firmly in the category of this is a bad season, as so many Liverpool players have had, and and he'll and he'll come again because um, yeah, he's you know you don't you don't just lose what you know all those that those qualities that Liverpool have benefited from for so long. We're sponsored for this episode of Walk On by LinkedIn, so it's only right that we crowbar in a reference to Liverpool's super slick recruitment process while we talk them up. Because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like Arnie Slot, probably. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. In fact, on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. 
post your job for free at linkedin.com slash walk. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot com slash walk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Walk On from The Athletic with me, Tony Evans, James Pierce, and Andy Jones. Well, Van Dyke, we talked about him before the break, got a yellow card. Should the linesman have had a red, James? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I must admit, I've never, never seen anything quite like it. When someone mentioned it to me in the in the media room at half time, and they said, and I had to ask, I said, what? They just said, did you see the assistant's elbow on Robertson? I was like, what are you on about? And then it's like, and then, and then obviously you see the clip and it's just like, what on earth is going through his head? And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was funny. I, I did see the assistant afterwards and he, um, he kept his head down and he didn't, not surprisingly, he didn't want to talk when he came through the mix zone with, uh, with Paul Tierney. But yeah, regardless of whatever Robertson said to him and you could, you know, there was, there was obviously a fair bit of, um, verbals going on, and I think Robertson was less than impressed with some of the decisions from from that side in the in the first half. You can't you can't raise your arm like that. I mean, he's he's caught Robertson in the chin, and I'm not surprised Liverpool players were so incensed. And yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's been a big debate, hasn't it, recently in terms of you know respect for officials, but it has to it has to work both ways. You can't you can't be doing that. Um, so yeah, I, I I think surely it's inevitable that that assistant is. Uh, Relieved of his duty, shall we say, for a few weeks. Yeah, the the PGMOL are investigating the instance, and I'm sure we're going to hear more about it. But as football soap opera goes, you think, you know what, here I am. Me, I'm 62 years old. I've seen everything. And then all of a sudden you see a linesman elbow and a player, and you're like, no, I haven't <laughs> seen everything. There's always something that comes along and surprises you, Andy. But, you know, the one thing that didn't surprise me, the one thing that didn't surprise me is Bobby Firmino doing it against Arsenal. Eight of his 11 goals against Arsenal have come at Anfield. And, you know, he's only on the pitch for 12 minutes. And Alexander-Arnold. Easily passed Sinchenko. And it's over Ramsdale, and it's into the net. It's Roberto Firmino. Again, you know, just a reminder of what a legend he is, isn't it? Um, and what Liverpool are going to miss uh, when he goes in the summer. Uh, as you said, he, he loves scoring against Arsenal, but I thought he was really good on, you know, for his 12 minutes. I thought he, he, he sort of gave Liverpool a bit more of a, he restored a little bit more of a, you know, an identity or a pattern to the play because I did think for a, a little bit it got a bit, you know, just a bit mad. Um, without really Liverpool not really turning the screw like they probably would have. And I think when he came on, I think that really changed because suddenly, you know, he, he provided that little bit of link and, you know, he was really sharp as well, which was really impressive. It just sums him up, doesn't he? And, and it wouldn't surprise me if there's a couple more winners that he gets before the end of the season. But yeah, you know, of, of all the players, you've just made up that it was him. And um, I'm sure Arsenal absolutely hate him because suddenly, you know, that's two points dropped for them in, a, in the title race. And you know, we know how... how you know, costly that can be against the Manchester City side. But yeah, you know, it's it's just a shame, isn't it, that he's gonna leave in the summer and you do think 
with all the, you know these goals against United and now Arsenal, you just think, oh, if only. Yeah, and but one of the things that that second half did, James, that it does it leaves us with, uh, if only, and in many ways more questions than answers going into the final phase of the season. I mean, what where's what's your assessment of where Liverpool stands? <laughs> well, it's I mean, it's very difficult to make sense of, isn't it? Because it's not, it's not, it's not one or the other is it it's not you know you rewind to the international break and it was like right you know big opportunity here you know Klopp's Liverpool always finish season strongly you know you know what an opportunity to get back into the top four race and then after City you know the debacle in that second half you think are the wheels just going to come off completely you know is this season just going to completely fall to shreds and then you know, there's there's been signs of life, from there. I did, you know, I know Klopp described the, the the Chelsea draw as a as a step in the right direction. I thought that was a bit generous. I thought I thought that was at best a sideways step, um, because that was a, a non-event of a of a football match. But 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 Sunday was different, you know. And I think I think that's why, you know, yes, there was frustration for Liverpool fans coming away from the ground, but. There was also pride and a and a bit of hope as well because because you had seen a different side to this Liverpool team that you know they aren't a complete busted flush and all this talk about you know needing a complete clear out and and yes of course they need reinforcements and they need a new midfield um, this summer we know that and we know that you know it's there's there's a lot of work to be done in the transfer market to reinvigorate this Klopp team but. I think there were a lot of positives to take from it. The fact that, you know, the, the, the fact that they did, they did roll their sleeves up. They did, they did scrap and they did fight and take points off, off the team. I think it was only the third time this season Arsenal have, have dropped points from a, from a leading position. Um, so, so yeah, it, it doesn't mean much in the top four conversation. Um, but, you know, I, 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 that's why I think, you know, I, and I don't know what you guys think in terms of you know, would you rather would you rather you know have Europa League or Europa Conference or nothing or no Europe at all? I I, I think Liverpool aren't in a position where they can really just you know decide that for themselves. I think you have to. It, I think it's really important to go into the summer with with some positives to cling to. I, I don't, you yeah, that momentum, don't you? You you want yeah. that to carry yeah. that into the summer. And, I mean, for me, the Europa League, the finals in Dublin. So I mean, that'd be class, wouldn't it? <laughs> so the, yeah. that, that's my that's my thoughts on it. <laughs> Where's right. the Europa Conference final? I don't know. Um, probably, <laughs> probably somewhere <in> mad. <laughs> Kazakhstan or something. <laughs> well, I think I think it's really important to go into Europe in some description personally because Europe has been so much of Liverpool's identity over the years. That's our view, but we'd love to hear your view, the listeners. We want your voice notes and questions, ideally for Thursday. So email us, walk-on at theathletic.com. That's all from Walk On, your Liverpool podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Thanks to James and Andy, as well as you for joining us. We'll see you soon, and let's enjoy the positivity while we can. The Athletic.